The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Hello everyone and welcome. I'm Christina Morris here and great to have your company for what will be our penultimate podcast for Stock Insiders for 2023. And knowing as I do what dedicated listeners you are to our Stock Insiders podcast, you will remember that back in July, we caught up with the individual behind the creation of Ballara Rocks, ASX BRX, Arvind Misra, the seasoned resources industry veteran who has the most incredible background, a graduate of IIT in India, the university where 2 million applicants apply for 2,000 places each year and only the best and the most determined minds get through that first round of applications. If you'd like a refresher or perhaps you've only just discovered the wealth of of information that's available to you here at Stockhead, that podcast went to air in July and you can uh, log in and have a listen to it. Now, since then, a lot has happened for this battery minerals company with a firm focus on digging up the minerals to power the future. Boots are on the ground in Argentina in the hunt for the next big copper gold porphyry deposit. And the team has been boosted by the addition of some well-experienced names to their lineup. And we know that success is often dependent on having a dream team at the top, people who not only know how to find minerals, but who have found those minerals in the past and who also now how to run a project. And then there's the additional sweeteners, lithium exploration in WA and zinc in New South Wales, which may be lying atop something even more appealing. So stick your ears on to listen and hear your mind into critical thinking. Let's welcome Arvind Misra to Stock Insiders for one last time in 2023. Arvind, hello. Good morning, Christina. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, now you've had a very big year and we have talked a few times because I've been lucky enough to introduce you in my role as facilitator for a series of resources conferences run by vertical events around Australia. And I must say that every time I have done that, I'm impressed by how unflappable and how calm you are. Uh Thank you for the compliment. It comes from the years, I guess, and experience. Yeah, well, that was what I'm thinking. And it's a really good trait because you are coordinating some pretty massive exploration tasks across a number of continents, and you've got that experience. So you just seem to take everything in your stride. Look, I'm really blessed with the great team I have and assembled over the time, obviously. Really blessed to have the good board led by Chairman Neil Boberton and my experts and director, Jason Ward. Uh just I'm coming straight into the Argentina project now, which I'm so excited about. So I want to share that, all of it. Oh, well, you've got, it's 32,000 hectares. It's in the most mineralized mountain range in the world, the San, San Juan province in Argentina. Um, and the focus, obviously, is on discovering a copper giant, which the world the world's screaming out for copper for the, to fuel that energy transition. So... Why don't you tell us about the neighbours to your land package? What makes San Juan province so important and so exciting? Number one, San Juan province is uh, ranked number one by Fridge Institute of Australia in terms of the mining friendliness. It's one of those areas that's doing things is much easier compared to other parts. Number two, south of us uh, is a large mining operation run by Barrick Gold, a mine called Veladero. They also have another deposit nearby, Pasco Lama. Between the two of them, they have 
uh, approximately 30 million ounces of resource there they are continuously mining and developing. And then north of us, there are two very significant projects which have a lot of similarity to us. And one of the projects is called Filet do Sol, which was originally owned and discovered by London. And it's just one project com uh, company listed on TA6 called Philocorp, a market cap of $2.5 billion based upon that discovery. And recently, BHP bought 5% of that for $100 million. And uh, our ground, which has been studied by my team, which was the satellite and Nestor survey, compared the rock type and the alterations of the rock and, and other features. We have found 11 targets on our ground, which looks very similar to Philo de Sol. And I will talk about that a bit later. But it's just an, another uh, neighbor northern side is a project called Jose Maria, where London is spending $4.1 billion to set up a brand new copper mine. So in that part of the world, there's a lot of activity going on. Area is known for finding the elephant, particularly copper and gold porphyry systems. We need a whole herd of elephants. It's looking very promising. So you, you mentioned 11 prospective targets. How, what do you know about your land package from historical data? Uh, this land package was uh, half of it was owned historically by Rio Tinto, who did not do a lot of work just because they were very busy at the time developing their Mongolia asset. When they left, uh, they left it to their geologist and Jason, and got it from them. And other package on the southern side, Toro and Malambo, was put together. That's how we got this thirty-two thousand hectare. The only small amount of work has been done on the Toro project, uh, and that was done by previous owner called Sonoma and Wateranti. They drilled about 22 holes and, and did about 8,700 meters of trenching work. And uh, basically they were targeting shallow high-sulfidation uh, high deposits, which was basically zinc and oil. And basically, they are the pathfinder for the porphyry. They're the expressions of the large feeder system somewhere uh, beneath that's feeding up. But they have some very good intersections, from 266 meter intersections at 0.7% zincs and all that stuff. So given that expression on surface, coupled with the work we are doing, we remain very excited about these 11 targets that we have to do work on to decide which one we drill first. When we talked back in July the first time, the snow was very much on the Andes, which is a challenge for yourselves, and that your target for assembling your team and getting on boots on the ground was September. And we did that. As soon as the snow melt in September, we started fixing our road. And this road goes through the Veladero Mine Road, which is the barracks. So we access it through the barracks road from the main highway. Then we are off to right to the north to go to 45 kilometers, our project. So that 45 million road, we started working on that in September itself as soon as we had the access. So the road has been built. A 20-man camp is well set now. And I have 20 people working right now at the project side. So it's, it's, a, it's a full team, fully equipped tier one class camp. Yes, yeah, so on the ground, you, of course, you mentioned Jason's name. Uh, already, who is the the geo that's brought that project into into your fold? There, now he's happily living and working on the project in Argentina, which is awesome for you guys because often those higher up in the food chain, as it were, they fly in, they fly out. But he's really invested, fully invested in this project, isn't he? 
Correct. And, and that's one of the great um, uh, comfort to my shareholder, like a skin in the game kind of thing. So not only that he's living for now, uh, permanently moved there with his Argentinian wife. She comes from Mendoza, but that's where they live and a couple of kids. But Jason is also investing $1 million US dollar of his money, paying currently the cost of the exploration of the TMT project, and we are giving him shares in lieu. So his personal money living there, and the team that he has established, assembled, is the same team that discovered Cascabel, a large porphyry system in Ecuador, a junior explorer, sold gold, became $1.5 billion after discovery. So, you know, I can't be more proud and happier than why the situation I have where I have a great team, good people, dedicated, aligned, and very focused. Experience, experience, experience. Tell us about the local geo that's leading your team on the ground. Oh, we've got a very, uh, very smart, very educated uh, young lady, Janina Izark. She's our program coordinator and program manager for all the programs. She's basically a geologist, but has a double degree in environmental science. And uh, she was very instrumental in getting all the EIAs approved, which is the environmental approvals she's got done. And uh, she is very accomplished. She has worked in the area around, you know, the big projects I talked about, Jose Maria and all with the London. So she knows the area. She comes from San Juan and her husband, Arturo, who's also part of the team. They both live in San Juan. They come from San Juan. So, yes, very good leadership team. And uh, Rina is very well accomplished and a very good manager for us. Yeah, that's really comforting for you. But even so, I mean, you go over as well. You're on the ground in Argentina for the start of the season in September, working hard, I would presume, talking with officials and, and chasing those environmental approvals in, in tandem with your team. Uh, what did you? What's your take on the support or otherwise from the Argentinian government? Oh, very pro-mining and uh, very supportive of the businesses who are investing money and want to do, make discovery and do the mining. So I had the pleasure of meeting Australian High Commissioner uh, in Buenos Aires and a couple of senior secretaries, mining secretaries. Then at the province level, I had a, I met the mines minister who actually ultimately signed up those six EIAs. And there are three more still pending. And virtually they were asking us as to how fast we can get the file to his desk so he can sign them. So it's like very proactive kind of approach, helping people to settle. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had the pleasure of meeting the incoming governor. There's a change in government, as you know, from Argentina. So in province level also, they are changing the government. So Marcel Arrego, the new governor that was in, who is now in charge from this week, met him. And I was so uh, surprised by the knowledge that this guy has about battery metal space. Like, you know, he would know how many kilograms of copper will go in each EV and how many kilograms of copper will go in each turbine, wind turbines. And uh, he's, he said, look, welcome to San Juan. You helped me make this province, uh, you know, one of the top class, world-class battery metal producing province. So now you can't get any better than that settings. You know, where governors and people like them asking you to sort of, you know, how could I help you? That's right. That's right. So what are, what are you doing then? What are you working on before the snow falls again in May? What's the targets now? Uh, we, as I said, I've got 11 targets. So we have just completed almost all the geophysics, geochemistry, sorry, not the geophysics yet, all the mapping, all the sampling work. And we will be soon doing some geophysics work, magnetics and all for the Toro project. 
And then we will move to the northern project called Malambo. We do the same thing, uh, all those three things. And we go to further north called Tongo. And once we have completed all this work, which we believe will be done just before the winter onset, uh, in May sometime, and in, in hopefully that will be enough work for us to put through an artificial intelligence algorithm to start working out our priority targets. And uh, although we, during the mapping process in the Toro North, which we announced earlier this week, we already have found evidences which, which tells us we are on top of the porphyry system already. So there are some drilling targets, but we just don't want to rush the drilling as yet. We just want to do the systematic work, all the projects, and then start because Jason believes that although this is a very exciting target on the Toro side, but he believes the Tombo Sur, the further, northernmost one, is the, probably going to be the best target for drilling us, which we will start in September, October, when the season starts again. I think I'd just like to point out to people that you are a very systematic team, aren't you? There's no just whack a drill down. You guys really have got this map down. Yeah, that's right. It's my team and I back my team sort of, you know. I don't I didn't want to rush my team into drilling for the sake of drilling and producing results for the share market alone. And I, if they want to do it systematically, they want to do a discovery and then I know that they accomplished, they're successful, they've done it before. I just have to allow them to do the work and I just go with them. Can I just expand on your team? Because you have added a couple of members recently. You've got a new company secretary uh, and a new CFO. What do they bring to the table aside from, in the case of your CFO, uh, a fantastic last name, Graham Morrissey? Correct. Graham is very accomplished uh, CFO. He's already worked in a C as a CFO for other mining, mining uh, exploration companies. And uh, we needed a CFO of that caliber because now that we are uh, spending money in Argentina and dealing with exchange rights, regulations, all those stuff, making sure the audit trail was 100% all neat and clean. And so I needed that support. So Graham provides uh, Graham's entry at the right time and, and his caliber will help me do all of that. And the second appointment we did was Ben Donovan, the company secretary, he's, he's also a star cast. He used to actually work for ASX before, but some of my directors have dealt with him when he was on the other side, uh, approving all the all the deals. So it's good to have those two very, very uh, powerful individuals on my team. I just wanted to not forget to mention there's one more very significant name in my team is Dr. Steve Garvin. And he's a geolo veteran geologist who has obviously worked on many discoveries globally, particularly in the copper porphyry system and in that part of the world. He he's called uh, advisor to other companies like Hot Chili and Solgold and all those people. So he knows the area is well regarded, and them and Jason Ward have worked together on other discoveries. So having Dr. Garvin in my team as a technical advisor is a real asset for me. Brilliant. Hey, you mentioned your neighbours before. You know, obviously, you know a lot about them, and I'm imagining you share that road, um, obviously, with Barry. How well do you get on with with your neighbours, with the the big boys, the junior and amongst the big boys? Oh, we have interaction at uh, different levels with these companies, just because we're using their road, barracks road. So we have to obviously not let them know and get their permission to drive through the road. So we have a chance to interact with them at various levels. They are watching us carefully. 
Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Do they they know what you're up to and what you're doing? Like, like would you? I would surmise they're certainly currently kicking themselves if you're that, and especially if Jason is so invested. Correct. Look, they are uh, they are watching very carefully. That's how I would say it now. And we did have interaction with them, and they were actually giving us the tips and and actually even offering the help as to how we go about setting up offices and getting the service providers like to listen everything. So now I'm very um, uh, I'm looking forward to interacting with these people and uh, the northern neighbors also. They are pretty keen to talk to us. So we'll see how it goes. We focused on discovery first, and I'm sure those things will start to work their way. In in good time. Now, obviously, Argentina was always going to take up a big part portion of our time this morning. It's taken up a giant portion. Let's hope it's reflective of your potential elephant status. Should we move from Argentina? So you're in an area in Argentina. Obviously, it's hot for copper. We'll shift continents and conditions from snow to dry heat in an area known as the gold fields. However, the more explorers and miners that I talk with, there could be a strong possibility for a name change. Maybe that the Pegmatite province, if discoveries keep coming at the rate that they have been, take us to Buller Bulling. Well, where exactly is your land parcel in WA, and who's nearby there? Uh, Bulling uh, project is about twenty-five kilometer west of Kulgadi. So this highway that goes from Perth to Kulgadi, my leases are cut in half with the side of the highway, and uh, our neighbours are very large gold deposit called Bulling Project itself, owned by a Chinese group called Norton. But recently, I mean, as you said before, this you can easily call it a pegmatite province now. There's 350 million tons of resources being defined or extracted in a lot of big places like mineral resources, and they are producing, they've got operating mines over there. But most. Yeah, and you've got lithium processing facilities as well, which are looking for feed. So it's a perfect spot to be operating. It's knowing that there are processing centers and are currently in more planned in the future. Is always good for the project like ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in terms of the uh, other key neighbor that has made a good discovery recently, the company called Future Battery Metals, they're on the same trend as us on the Greenite context, about 11 kilometers south of us. And they discovered that project Kangara Wills, 29 meters at 1.36%. So just going, moving to a bit more technical, just giving you a bit of idea. So we have done a lot of work leading to drilling. The last bit of work I did was last week, and I'm waiting for the results to come in January. So we've done the field mapping, we've done the drones, we've done the rock chips, which are giving us all the pathfinders like rubidium, calcium, and all that element. And the soil results that we got from the first round of soil, the peak value of 324 ppm lithium in there. So uh, normally, in that part of the world or some of the similar people who have made discoveries, they have had kind of 80, 100 ppm soils and we got plenty of them up to 324. And I have a five kilometer long anomaly that I can drill. Hopefully I can drill in the sense that I have done now more in uh, in infill soil grid in there and now waiting for the results and the results probably would be known in January sometime. And post that we will be assessing it a drilling or or doing more surface work, but uh, we've done plenty of work now to be confident that, that 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 drilling should result into something similar what other people have been getting nearby. 
We'll keep an eye out for them second week of January. We've got a minute to go. So can we touch on what was originally your flagship project when you did the IPO back in 2021 in New South Wales and zinc was the original target, but your, your geologists are expanding from that. Correct. It's a large area, 643 square kilometer in Lachlan Fold which is known for centuries for giving uh, world-class deposits and mines. And uh, that uh, initial 7,000 meters of drilling I did last year, in the only two kilometer of the 25 kilometer corridor I have got mineralized, has given us 5 million ton at 3.4%. And, and the, what the system, the way, originally we were thinking it was a VMS style mineralization, but over the years now, two years, the geologists are telling me it may not be their system, it could be something similar to the Cobar style mineralization where you see this zinc and other deposits on the surface, but the copper that feeds is sitting much deeper. So that theory we will be testing sometime in the future, along with, along that 22-kilometer untested ground, we'll be doing more regional exploration and see if we can find the repeat of these 5 million ports along the way. What are the costs like for running an operation here compared to Argentina? Because it sounds, you sound like you're doing similar things and you've got the zinc on the top and the, potentially the copper beneath. Correct. So uh, cost-wise per meter drilling-wise, if you look at comparison, uh, Argentina is twice as expensive as you get here. It's just because the terrain and, uh, and the distance and everything in Argentina is imported mostly. Uh, so it becomes a bit more expensive there. And plus you're operating at 3,500 meters above sea level and seven hours drive from the main center, you're supplying everything from there. So it's a bit more expensive there, but again, the price is different. So if I'm looking at Bellara, I was looking at Bellara, you're looking at 5, 10, 20 million ton. But if you look at Argentina elephant country, my neighbor, they all have multi-billion ton deposits. So, you know, the scale is different. Yeah. Copper porphyry, when they found, they're big. Yeah, is this why Argentina is so much sexier? I can you know, see from what you're doing there, you're putting a lot, of, you're investing a lot in Argentina at the moment, and just putting those other ones a little bit to the side. Uh, they're all important, uh, but it's just that uh, price and resistance is so big. It's, and for a junior explorer, we got to prioritize our energy, and we are prioritizing right now in Argentina. Yeah, very cool. Is there plenty of money in the bank to do what you want to do? I've got about two and a half million dollars cash and equivalents in the bank, uh, and uh, plenty of money now for some more time to keep going with what I'm doing. Jason is putting his million dollar US, as you know, so uh, we are well uh, well covered for now. Brilliant, and you, your share numbers are still very low for a junior, aren't they? Yeah, we have probably hovering around thirty five to forty cents. And we IPO'd obviously at twenty cents, so we are healthy compared to a lot of other peers when they listed last year. Uh, but obviously, uh, well, as we do more work, market will probably give us reward us for that. As I said, copper. Uh, I just want to make fundamental points. Copper demand is doubling because of the EV, because of the fossil fuel replacement, and uh, and the supply of copper is not coming up. And and, and co copper is not like lithium that you know people all of a sudden found themselves caught up because the demand went and supply wasn't there. And the new mines had to be developed. The hurry, copper has been mined and, and and explored for centuries. There's not good copper discoveries coming up, so you will find the explosion in the copper price next year or year after. 
and and uh, and us being able to find a world class deposit just puts us so nicely in that spot where you're pretty much a rare commodity corporate hard to find in a space where the demand is really really strong in the coming years. Well, they're good points to end this conversation on this morning. Arvin, thank you so much for coming and being part of it. Thank you once again for uh, hosting me and uh, I look forward to the next one. Brilliant. And in the meantime, we're going to keep an eye out for the data you're releasing in January week. To everyone, put a reminder in your calendar, ASX ticker BRX. Thanks again for joining us, Arvind, and updating our investing community on Bellarox. And that wraps our final Stock Insiders for 2023 team. I'm Christina Morris. You have a safe Christmas. Keep your eyes and your ears on Stockhead, and we will talk again in 2024.